Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. Thank you so much for continuing the study of the Word of God being holy and powerful all the time. Amen. I want to read Isaiah chapter 55 verses 10 and 11 and we ought to be experts on this verse at this point. And it reads, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. We've also recently read Jeremiah 29, where God says through Jeremiah is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Amen. You know, some today, they take the word of God so lightly without fear and no reverence of the word of God, but the word of God is holy and powerful and is called different names throughout the Bible. And today we're going to spend time in Psalms 40 and in Revelation 22, where the Bible is called the book. And I want to show you that the Bible is not just called the law of the Lord, but it is also called the book. And as we identify these different names, we will also spend time on the teachings that they are mentioned in from the verses that we will visit. Okay. So before jumping in to Psalms 40, I want to provide a background. So we're going to read about David and David wrote the book of Psalms via a scribe. So it is difficult to write the word of God down whenever it comes because the word comes so quickly. So today, when the word of God is speaking through somebody or the, the, the Lord uh, it imparts wisdom and knowledge or perhaps a, a prophecy into somebody, this is why many will record today. Maybe it's on their phone. Maybe they have some device that's recording. But it's because when it's released, it's coming on so fast that you don't want to miss a thing. It has to be done this way. Again, so you don't miss a single word because you're going to want to revisit it later. Why do you want to revisit it? Because if God spoke to you, it is powerful. You better take it seriously. And King David had scribes who were like secretaries around him. So when he would pray, the scribes were writing and writing, which made the book of Psalms. Psalms 40 is part of those prayers written down from the scribes. And you know, the rod of God came to David, meaning David was disciplined by God, chastened by God. Why? Because David sinned against God because he committed adultery with Bathsheba. David knew the word of God. He knew the Ten Commandments. And in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, it says so clearly, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. You see, David read the word of God and knew he should not take Bathsheba, yet he still did. Why? What's the reason? God's word is like fire and like a hammer who breaks rocks into pieces. David took God's word lightly, meaning he did not have the ears to take it into his mind and heart. 
Maybe he heard it, but he did not abide immediately. We will briefly review the events that led up to this chastisement of David. I want to take you to 2 Samuel chapter 11. This is verses 1 through 5, and we're going to be reading about David, Bathsheba, and Uriah. Verse 11, it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle. Okay, so all the kings were to be in the war, right? The kings go out to battle. And David sent Joab and his servants with him. Okay, so all the kings were fighting except David who sent Joab. Continuing on, in all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. Verse 2, then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, is that not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam? The wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Okay, so we learn right away that she's married. And David should not have sought her out. And he should not have continued to view her bathing. You look away when you see something you're not supposed to see. You don't look back at the temptation. You don't pursue it. Verse 4, Then David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him and he lay with her. For she was cleansed from her impurity. And she returned to her house and the woman conceived so she sent and told David and said I am with child so you can read this on your own in more detail but the prophet Nathan came to rebuke David who was sent by God so when you fast forward to 2nd Samuel chapter 12 we're going to read verses 7 to 15 it says then Nathan said to David you are the man meaning you are the one who is at fault God revealed this through Nathan David thought God would never come to him in this way because David thought he was God's favorite, okay? Because he was an anointed king, but God does not have favorites. So if we do wrong, the word of God is going to come for us. The word of God is powerful enough to come to us when we sin. Continuing on, thus says the Lord of Israel, meaning it's not me, Nathan, but this is from God. And Nathan said, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. Now Saul wanted to kill David, okay? Verse 8, I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. Why? To be king. Continuing on, and if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. You see, sometimes today we count how much we do for somebody. And people say, oh, you shouldn't do that. But God counted. You see how God is counting? Here's all the things they did for you. God's saying, I did this to you, I did this to you, but why did you sin against me? So the next time that somebody says, oh, are you counting your deeds? God did too. God did too, because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that all these things were done for you, for your benefit, yet that's the way that you treat God in return. Even your pastor can remind you of all the times God kept you and delivered you from the enemy and the trials and ask, why can't you just serve God? He's given you so much. You started with nothing and now you have so much, much more than you even need. So why do you not take him seriously? Amen? In verse 9, why have you despised, God said, or by despise it means to take value away. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord? 
So David did not treat the word of God as holy, and the result was disobedience. The root problem of man, and not just David, this is man even today, the root problem of man is not disobedience. It's not recognizing the word of God as holy and powerful and something to be taken seriously. It must be taken with honor and power. This is why there is disobedience. So it says here, why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife. You have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Verse 10, now therefore the sword shall never depart from your house, meaning the judgment of the Lord shall remain in your house. Why? Why did God say this? Let's continue on. Because you have despised me, God said, and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Verse 11, thus says the Lord, behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house, meaning there's going to be fights in your house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. Verse 12, for you did it secretly, God said to David. You did this secretly with Bathsheba. But I will do this before all Israel, before the sun. In other words, God's saying, this isn't going to be a secret. It's going to be very public. You did it secretly, but I will not. I will do it publicly. Verse 13, so David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. However, because this deed, you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also who is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David and it became ill. You see, David was forgiven, but the consequences will not be removed. Because of the sin, David lost his family, his kingdom, his kingship. He lost everything. He experienced defeat after defeat after the sin. It will only defeat because the sin opened doors for Satan to enter his life. And that's how it works today. When we sin, we open the door for Satan to enter our life. So in Psalms 40, David was in a condition of recovery from his major discipline from God. David was not recovering his kingdom. He was recovering from the pain he was going through and thanking God for the chastisement. Remember, David was forgiven, but he still lost everything. God did not return any of those things to him. David asked for mercy and the Lord comforted him. After the sin, David was disqualified to be God's recipient. God kept him, but did not restore his kingdom to him. And in Psalms 40, the Holy Bible is called the book. David called it the scroll of the book. So we can really see here of the things that David endured because he devalued the word of God. This brings curses in your life. And everything David touched was cursed. His sin opened the doors and windows for Satan to come in. And in Psalms 40, David was thanking God for his mercy through the chastisement, right? So you can still pray. Please be merciful to me. God never cancels chastisement. The wages of sin is death, meaning there is always a consequence when we sin. And after David sinned, again, he was disqualified. Okay? Let this be an example you never forget. Many make their life an experiment to see what happens when they ignore God. 
Why? Why do people do that? I'm afraid to do that. You know, some people get blessed and blessed again, and then they get these big heads, and then they think that they're God's favorite, like how David thought that he was God's favorite. God watched David all the time before. He was an anointed king, but David betrayed God. Because David was anointed, he was once the apple of God's eye. God watched him, right? You can read about that in Psalm 17, verses 7 and 8. You see, David had the Holy Spirit with him, but not in him. It wasn't possible yet because Jesus had not died yet and returned to the Father. You and I are more powerful today than David was because the power of the Holy Spirit is available to us. We can say no to sin. Our bodies are to become a house of God that the Holy Spirit can live in. Amen? Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 to 8, it says, For it is impossible for those who were enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God, the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. Verse 7, For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessings from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. This is a very important message of God and it needs to be studied deeper. So let's be reminded, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, meaning you were in darkness and brought to light. And I have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. Now we can read this, but have you? Have you drank the living water? If the answer is yes, don't hide it. Where does your passion come from God? Where would we get the anointing? Or am I just faking it? No, because it's real. It's real. Verse 5, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of this age to come. Verse 6, and here is the key. If they, meaning if I, if you fall away, let's go back to verse 4. It's impossible if they fall away to renew them to repentance. So someone who has truly experienced this, right? Truly drink the Holy Spirit water. Okay, it's impossible for them to fall away because they have the Holy Spirit. Why am I reading this? Because David did not have the Holy Spirit. He experienced the gift and was enlightened. He experienced all the things except he did not get the Holy Spirit indwelling. But you and I, we did. We did. I can speak for myself. I did. What does that mean? We are more than conquerors. We can be better today because we have someone someone holy that they didn't, the Holy Spirit. They didn't have it because he was not yet available during that time. Okay. Verse seven, it mentions the earth, which drinks in the rain. It mentions thorns and briars. What is expected of us who have the Holy Spirit? This is it, that we do not bear thorns and briars, but we bear blessings, herbs, so others can use it. So Psalms 40 was a psalm written during the time of recovery for a major God discipline, okay? Have you been disciplined before by God? I have. If you've not, I hope that you never experience it because when we experience the word, you need to live it out in your life. When we pray, we talk to God. 
when we read the scripture, God talks to us. When you read it, it's for you. So you need to understand that it's for you. And I need to understand that when I read it or when it comes to me, it's for me, not others. Once you understand it, you keep sharing it. Amen. And Isaiah chapter 40, verse eight, it says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. Wow. The word of God stands forever. We ought to work to exist, to serve God. Amen. Revelation 22, it mentions the Holy Bible, also calling it the book in the book of Revelation. Jesus said, and not your pastor, Jesus said, all right? So whenever you are sharing the things that you're learning, it's Jesus said, all right? In the book of Revelation, it says, and behold, Jesus is saying this, and behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. Okay, so if you want the reward, then you are working for your employer. No, Jesus Christ. Going to church is not working, I'd like to add. Yes, it's part of Christianity, but that's not the work. Verse 14, blessed are those who do his commandments and they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Verse 15, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Verse 16, Jesus actually sent an angel to testify and it says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. 17, in the spirit of the bride, say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come, who desires, let him take the water of life freely. Amen. The word of God is powerful and holy, meaning no one should speak of it while taking away the intended purpose. Okay. Just say it the way it's already said. Don't change the meaning, even for yourself. Too many today, they alter scripture and punishment comes for anyone who does this. We are warned not to do that. And God will punish you. Many want to say God doesn't hurt God. Nothing bad comes from God. But I'll tell you this, when God is punishing you, you should love it. You should love it because God wants your soul to be saved and he wants you to be different. He wants you to be upright, righteous. And God is the one who takes your right from the book of life. Eternal sin comes for them, which is torture and hell forever. Verse 18, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to them the plagues that are written in this book. So Jesus is saying, I testify, anyone who hears the words for the prophecies in this book, if anyone adds these things, God will add to him plagues and curses and calamities. So if you do this, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, not just for a moment, for eternity, okay? If you continue to do this and this is what you do, altering the word of God, misleading many to hell, you're in trouble. Verse 19, and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Jesus is coming quickly. 
Now that doesn't mean now, although he could come now, but when he comes, it's going to be fast. So when you preach the word of God, do not add to it. Don't take away the intent of the message. The word of God exists already to exhort, convince, and rebuke others. Why? So others change. So their souls can be saved. So that they can be led to a true repentance. And be heaven bound to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Amen? Everything in the word of God is true. All the verses that I've shared are true. And the truth needs no friend. It stands alone. It stands alone. This is shared with the love of the Lord. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.